You're listening to The Philip Jordan Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philip Jordan Show on this fantastic Friday. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer of Dustin's Football on I 6.9, the legend and Auburn writer for last word on college football. On the final episode of 2023, I will be joined by Matt Lowe from Field Level Media. That's right, Matt is back on the show. We'll be previewing and predicting some SEC bowl games. The SEC got going on Wednesday night in bowl season. With Texas A&M losing to Oklahoma State 31-23 in the Texas Bowl. We'll also preview the college football playoffs and give our predictions. Of course, the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan and the Sugar Bowl between Texas and Washington. Also get into a little NFL talk toward the very end of our conversation. And also, we will get Matt's prediction on who's going to win the national championship. You can check out the Philip Jordan Show podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Everybody, as promised, on the top of the show, we could not end 2023 with one more. One more uh, football Friday uh, where we will pick and preview some of the big SEC bowl games and the college football playoff. Yes, I am joined by Matt Lowe of Field Level Media. Matt, appreciate you coming on, uh, doing this one more time in 2023. Uh, uh, how you been doing and uh, how was your Christmas? It was a great Christmas, man. Uh, been busy with all that. and had to, Of course, I did last-minute shopping like the, that, the normal average guy. Uh, but I got it done and, and been watching these bowl games and excited to see what happens uh, here coming up. Yeah, it's wild. We're talking about off the air. So we're recording this on Thursday night. So last night on Wednesday night was the first bowl game with the SEC with Texas A&M losing Oklahoma State there 31-23. Like to 23. So the SEC is getting kicked off. But, you know, I wanted to, to chat with you to open up because me and you have not talked and since before the SEC championship game. That was the last time uh, we did a podcast Obviously, the college football playoff rankings, a lot of controversy, a lot of different opinions. Uh, we will get into these games later on, but I just want to lead off with, did you think the committee got it right with the four teams? Uh, I, I probably, if I'd have been voting in that committee, I'd have put Florida State in. Uh, but then again, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how you could have left the SEC champion out. I mean, the SEC's won the title, what, 13 of the last 15 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think Florida State, I mean, they're a blue blood, man, and 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 they could have maybe had time to get their quarterback situation straightened out. And they went undefeated, man, in a, in a pretty good league. So, but then again, I mean, how could you leave uh, Texas out as well when they beat Alabama? So it was, they had some, it was some controversial things there, I mean, and, Somebody, it seems like always somebody's on the short end of the stick when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they did the best they could. Hey, you know, my, my whole thing, too, with it, and look, I'm, I understood if they're going with the best four, but I don't think you had the best four then. Because you telling me outside of Alabama, would any of these three other teams be favored against Georgia? No. So, 
is it really the best four teams? You know, so it's kind of, I think they kind of like went down the middle. Like most, they wanted to, that, that most deserving comment, then also at the same time, the best four. And I'll tell you who I feel bad for, for and Tate Rotomaker, which he entered a portal for the state's backup quarterback. Because basically the committee's telling him, we don't think you're good enough. Right. And, you know, what's the old saying? Defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida State's defense is legit. I mean, and so, yeah, you're right. I mean, and and like I said, look, I, I think Alabama is, is going to beat Michigan pretty good. That's just my opinion. Uh, but, I mean, you telling me Georgia couldn't beat Michigan? You telling me Georgia couldn't beat Washington? I mean, I, I think FSU could beat Washington or Michigan. I mean, to be honest with you. So it's but like, you know, there's always somebody that's going to be left out. And it's going to happen when we go to 12 teams too, which I think is too many. Uh, but, you know, college football is, is kind of in a whirlwind right now. And a lot of changes, which I'm not sure I like them all. Uh, and it's going towards more of an NFL format. And then you also got to think, Philip. Somebody like Central Michigan or somebody like UAB or somebody like Ball State or Western Michigan, they're never going to be in the 12-team playoff. I mean, they might. It's a miracle happens. So why don't we get to a point with college football is we kind of – we do the, the bigger schools and let them play for a championship and let the smaller schools play for a championship. We'll still let them play each other, you know, because and give them those big money payouts. But why don't we divide it up and have two different championships? Yeah, I've seen that presented before. Um, I think that's a big reason why John Summerall left Troy to go to Tulane because, yes, Tulane is not in a power conference. Uh, they're in the AAC, but that is probably looked at as the top non-power you know, power conference out there. And let's face it, if their champion goes 11-1, and one, they're probably in the playoff. So he's probably looking, okay, Tulane has played for the – the conference title two years in a row under Willie Fritz, who did a great job there at Tulane. Yeah. So now I can go there. If I win the conference there with a really good record, I might get into the playoff. In the Sun Belt, if you're at Troy and look, love Troy right down the road from me, you probably, you got to go undefeated and you're going to have to have some wins in there against a power five team or two to look impressive to still get into the 12th team playoff. And look, let's look at it this way too. The SEC and the Big Ten are running this thing now. I mean, all credit to what the Big 12 has done to survive and feel bad for the Pac-12, and the ACC is in a bad situation too. This, I feel like when we get to 12 teams, eight or nine teams are going to come from those two conferences. I agree. I mean, look, look what might have happened this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could have Missouri in there. You could have Ohio State. You could have had Penn State. You could have had Georgia. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, they're going to be in the SEC now. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it's and it, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, be careful what you wish for because this could be the SEC versus the Big Ten every year. Yeah, might as well just do it. Do it. Just have six from the SEC, six from the Big Ten. I tell you uh, what, it'd be a better playoff. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's going to be interesting next year. But uh, we still got the four team this year. And before we get to those two games on January first on Monday, uh, let's get we're going to go quickly through the SEC bowls. We may go a little bit longer with Auburn because we're here in Alabama. But uh, we're going to go in order too. We got two on Friday: the Gator Bowl, eleven a.m. ESPN, 
Clemson at eight and four is playing Kentucky at seven and five. Clemson is a four point favorite he- here. Over under is forty four and a half. Uh, pretty much most of the best players are going to play in this game for Clemson. Will Shipley is going to be there at running back uh, for Kentucky. Their running back Ray Davis is playing despite. Uh, announced that he was going to he, that he had declared for the NFL draft. Devin Leary, quarterback, is going to be playing too as well. I think this should be an interesting game. Uh, you know, Clemson ended the year. I mean, they went. They were four and four. They won four in a row. It feels like uh, Dabo Swinney Company got a fire lit up on his radio show when he got kind of called out by one of the fans. But anyways, uh, any thoughts toward this one? I like Clemson. I like, just like you said, I think they ended strong. I think they're going to be motivated here to, to uh, get a win, go to nine and four. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a pretty entertaining game. I think you got to watch the, keep an eye on the weather in some places because uh, there's been a lot of games so far in this bowl season where rain's been involved. And uh, so I like Clemson here. I think they win by a touchdown at least. Yeah, I do too with Kentucky. Yeah, they got all the guys. Kentucky's defense hasn't been that great sure. this year. So I think uh, with Shipley and I think Cade Club, Clubnick can have a big day. This is big for Clemson as a um, for next year too, going into spring. And then because I don't think this team will lose four games again next year. And if it's talked about, this is going to be a playoff contender next season. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go Clemson too as well. I just think defensively they should be able to do some things against uh, the Wildcats. Now, I'm. Th- Friday night, this is a good one, man. I am looking forward to this one. The Cotton Bowl Classic at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Missouri playing Ohio State. Ohio State is favoring this game. I apologize, everybody, on my notes up here. I forgot to write down uh, how many points they were favored by, but I know Ohio State's favoring this one. Three. I think they're favored you, by three. But you know what? They're going in with a backup quarterback, Devin Brown, who's playing, making his first career start. I'm – Seeing that there were some questions about Marvin Harrison's play, I'm just going to go out on him. I don't think he's going to play in the game. If he does, it's not going to be much. Missouri's pretty much got all their guys in this one. I think Missouri's going to pull off the upset. I agree with you. I, I think uh, Cody Schrader has a big day on the ground, and, and Brady Cook. And I think his running it, it, it'll give uh, Ohio State some problems. And I'm like, you, you don't like we've talked about before. I mean, some of these ball games, you don't know who's going to play. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Missouri here. Low scoring game, probably like twenty four to twenty, something like that. Yeah, I'm with you too as well. And how about Cody Schrader as high as he finished in the Heisman in the Heisman voting? Uh, he was his name was up there, and um, yeah, and it's wild when you look at the transfer portal. Kyle McCord, quarterback, leaves Ohio State. Now there was some, I think, talk with him in Nebraska, but when they got Dylan Riola, the five star coming in, he decided not to go there. He ends up at Syracuse. When did you ever think you would see a starting quarterback for Ohio State leave the Buckeyes, and he is now going to be at Syracuse? Yeah, I mean, unless there's something we don't know, I don't understand that. I mean, but there might be – it's kind of like uh, there, there might be somebody behind him that's really good and gonna and he knows he's going to get beat out. So, But I, that's very unusual. Yeah, it is. It is. So we'll see how that one goes. Saturday, the Peach Bowl. This is this should be a good matchup too as well. Number eleven, Ole Miss, who ended year ten and two, trying to get an eleventh win. They'll be playing number ten, Penn State, who's also ten and two. Penn State's a four and a half point favorite. It's another one where the SEC team is the underdog. The over under is forty eight and a half. Ole Miss has been on fire in the transfer portal with the players that Lane Kiffin has has gotten Jackson Darts coming back next year. Uh, I think Quinshawn Junkins too as well. But uh, 
what you think on this one? It seems like these two teams are diversions of each other in the Big Ten. Like Penn State can can never get over Ohio State, Michigan. It feel like the last few years with Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss just can't get past the Georgias in the Alabama. But this should be a fun one. Yeah, and and like you said, they, Ole Miss they they play pretty good defense as well. I mean, and so this might be a low, lower scoring game. I, Penn State just they don't do enough for me on offense. You know, I've I've been really uh disappointed with their offensive output this year and with, with that being said I, i'm gonna roll with jackson dart and judkins and Ole miss to get it done i think this i think that it's a bigger game for Ole miss than it is for penn state and when these bowl games you got to take that into consideration because some of these teams don't even really care yeah and that's the truth too when we look at these bowls as you just said who does it matter more yeah. who wants and I think both teams care about this one. I think James Franklin is a big win. I mean, beating an SEC team, a 10-win SEC team, would be big for him because he doesn't really have a lot of big wins on his resume there at Ohio State. I mean, at Penn State, just doesn't. So, it'll be big one for them. I like Ole Miss, too. I think Ole Miss is going to win win this one. I just like – you're right. They, they're not bad defensively, and they have a better offense. I just trust what they're going to do offensively a lot more uh, than – and when I say teams don't care, I'm not saying that they don't care about winning or losing the game. I, I just I, I think sometimes too that uh because I used to work with the Birmingham Bowl and and be around some of the things that went on with the in the ball game and like when you're a seven point underdog and you hear about that all week, you know it just fires you up like nobody's giving us a chance to win. Okay, all right, well fine, we'll we'll go out here and prove it and. And I think that has something to do with it. It's just all about motivation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's it's a great, uh, uh, you know, jumping off point for the all season too. The Music City Bowl with Auburn uh, in Nashville. There'll be one o'clock over on ABC. Auburn is favored in this one uh, by six and a half points. The over under is forty seven and a half points. I'm pretty sure a lot of that has to do with the fact is that Talia uh, Tangavoela is not going to play. In the game, he decided to opt out. Uh, so they will be going with a quarterback that has thrown – Billy Edwards has thrown 10 passes uh, this past year. Uh, for Auburn, just kind of let everybody know, players you would not be seeing, players who have opted out, and wide receiver, Javarius Johnson, Malcolm Johnson, Amari Kelly, and Jair Shorter. And in the secondary, you will not see DJ James or Nehemiah. Pritchett, of course, I said with Maryland quarterback, Leah Tangovoela. So uh, with this one, big chance for Auburn to get a win, seven to six. The recruiting is awesome right now. They're number seven uh, in the country in recruiting right now with the 2024 recruiting class. So this could really springboard Auburn into the offseason with a win. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Maryland's a pretty good team. They got some good athletes, good defense. Uh, this might be a lower scoring game. I mean depending on how Hugh Freeze attacks it. Uh, if they want to really, really use tempo, I think that'll, that could help them in this ball game because, I mean, they, they do have a, a quarterback that's played as opposed to one from Maryland we don't know anything about. So mm-hmm. I think this is a big game for Peyton Thorne. I'd like to see the, I'd like to see Freeze let him turn it loose a little, little bit throwing the ball. I'd like to see him chunk it around a little bit. Uh, but yeah. I, as far as – go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, too, it's a big moment for the other. Look, Auburn is, it's been highly publicized on who they have coming in a wide receiver for next year. Uh, 
you know, the two five stars, you've got Cam Coleman coming in. You got Perry Thompson. You've got Bryce Kane, who's a four star coming in. You know, you, and then maybe Ryan Williams. He's from Sarah Land. He has not signed yet. He's still committed to Alabama, but he has not signed. He's going to wait till February. So they know the receivers coming in. So this is an opportunity for a Camden Brown, Caleb Burton, Shane Hooks, some of the other guys. Rivaldo Fairweather is coming back at tight end too. So this is an opportunity for those other receivers to show the coaching staff what they're capable of because a lot of people are going to expect those freshmen coming in next year to have an impact on, on the team. Yeah, and it's, it kind of reminds me of the class that, that – you know, those group of receivers uh, Freeze had at Ole Miss with A.J. Brown and, and Metcalf and, you know, those guys. So, I mean, they're big, strong, rangy guys that are fast. He likes those types of receivers. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's, and, and there's going to be some guys, young defensive backs, going to get a ch- chance to show what they can do in Auburn's secondary. So, always a big time to, to catch the coach's eyes and make an impact. And, you know, I – like I said, Maryland's played pretty good defense throughout the year. Uh, I don't know anything about their quarterback, but uh, I think Rain's going to be involved. So, which I, I think that would benefit Auburn in this running game mm-hmm. uh, with Jar Chris Hunter and those guys. So, but I'm, I'm going to lean Auburn here. I, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I'll say Auburn 24, Maryland 17. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's going to win. And uh, I put up on my article last from college football, picked Auburn win 27 to 10. I think they're going to do that. I just, no, I don't have a lot of faith in what Maryland can do offensively. And I think what's going to enter, we talked about cornerback, Keontae Scott coming back. And now they're going to move him from nickel to corner. He's going to play cornerback in this one. I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see how he does with that. Because when we know what he can do as a punt returner, he, he can be a playmaker. See how, how he does in that situation. Yeah, he's a good athlete, too. I still, to this day, don't understand why he wasn't back there on that punt return. Yes. <laughs> Whatever, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's a big opportunity for him. He's a good player. Yeah, very, very much, very much. So that was big for Auburn to get him to come back. Um, we're going to talk about the Orange Bowl now. Of course, this is uh Georgia and Florida State. We kind of we talked about Florida State a little bit on the top. Georgia's a twenty point favorite in this one. It's three o'clock on ESPN. The over under is forty four and a half. I'm going to read to you and everybody who is not playing for Florida State or some of the guys who are not playing for Florida State in this game. Backup quarterback, Tate Rotermaker, he entered the portal on Christmas Day. So, uh, Merry Christmas to you, Florida State fans. Practice about a week with the team and then decide you're going to leave and hit the portal. Wide receivers, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Tight end, Jaheim Bell. Defense alignment, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett. And cornerback, Akeem Dent. For Georgia, they pretty much, their guys are playing. We won't see Brock Bowers because he's, Kirby Smart said he's been with the team. But don't expect him to play just because of the injuries, and I don't kind of blame him. First round pick and all that stuff. But um, George is going to win this game. I mean, it just feels like this is going to be an ugly football game. Yeah, and and I will say this: uh, Oscar Delp, he was a freshman tight end. He played a lot when Bowers was out. He's he's not going to be as good as Brock Bowers, but he's a good player. He's going to be a real good player. So I, I just I look at this too with Georgia. I mean, even if a couple of their guys don't play, they got somebody just as good ready to go in, you know. And and uh, so I, I I think I think Georgia's going to come out and want to want to play well. And mm-hmm. I think I look for Carson Beck to have a big day. It's like you said, man. Those those guys that you named off for Florida State are NFL draft picks. 
And uh, I don't I don't know a lot about their their depth, you know, but I, I'd give the edge of Georgia just because. And you got to think too, how is how is Florida State? How are they going to mentally take on this game? Are they going to you know be down in the dumps? Or are they going to they going to be ticked off and, and want to prove something? You know, it's just one of those things that could go either way. And if Georgia gets up on fourteen nothing, it could snowball. So, and and I I really would have liked to have seen these teams full full health play each other because I think it would have been a good ball game. But I think Georgia rolls. Yeah, my my hope was okay. A few days or a week after the playoff rankings, and then Florida State just kind of dust their dust their stuff off and say, okay, we're all going to play in this game, and we're going to do everything we can to beat Georgia and prove that the college football playoff committee got it wrong, that we should have been. Because if they play an almost full-strength Georgia team and beat them, what does that tell the committee? And then who knows if they done that, Alabama wins the national title. Could there have been conversation over a split title? Because the AP and coaches poll, I believe, can vote whoever they want to. But it goes the opposite direction. I just kind of wonder the future of Florida State now. What kind of ripple effect does this have on them moving forward? Uh, recruiting and bringing in talent because then you say, wow, we can go undefeated, which would be different uh, after when we go to the 12-team playoff. But still, I just – I kind of wonder – and it's probably why you're seeing the stuff now where Florida State's trying to leave the ACC. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Uh, but and, and, and them being left out of the playoff, it, made, it did a lot. It was a ripple effect all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. so uh, – but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think – the Florida State administration, I think they're pretty mad over all this. And where are you going to go, though? Are you going to join the SEC? I mean, you can join the SEC, but, you know, you ain't gonna, you're not going to win every game in that league. I, I think undefeated seasons are going to be few and far between moving forward. Yeah, I do, too, because now you can lose a game or two and you'll be okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll be shocked, and Florida State will uh, put up a great fight against the Bulldogs on Saturday. Jump into Monday. Uh, we'll be in 2024 when these games kick off. The ReliQuest Bowl, uh, 11 a.m. ESPN2, Wisconsin 7-5 out of the Big Ten versus LSU 9-3 this year. LSU 10-point favorite, the over-under 55.5. LSU will not have Jaden Daniels, but they pretty much have everybody else in the game. And we've seen Garrett Nussmeyer come in before. He's not a bad quarterback. Now, he obviously does not have the running ability that Jaden Daniels, but very, very few have that ability. But their receivers are going to meet it. Malik Neighbors is playing in the game. Uh, so they, they're going to have everybody in this one. I think LSU wins this game. I think they went by a couple touchdowns. I agree with you. And, I mean, have we agreed on every game, Phillip? <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not good. Uh, but – I, here, here's the thing with LSU. I think they're they they got a lot of momentum as a program, and they still got a lot of good young players. Uh, Wisconsin struggles to score points. Uh, Wisconsin's one of those teams that you always kind of be be wary about, especially in bowl season, because they're they play a physical brand of football. But I'm like you, man. I, I just think LSU's going to be too much. I mean, and Nussmeyer. I mean, if they's got they got all their weapons. I mean. Sure, they don't have a dynamic player at quarterback, but he can throw the ball around, and he's he's been productive when he's gotten in there. So, I'm like, yeah, I just don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to score enough points. 
I found it interesting during the transfer portal season here. Uh, Vanderbilt quarterback AJ Swan transferred to LSU, so obviously he's not going there to be the he's not going to be the starter. It's going to be Garrett Nussmeyer, but uh, LSU now has got a good situation there. I think for next year as a backup quarterback. Uh, well, well he's not a bad player, man. I mean, he's he, I, there was several games that I watched them. He hit the guy right in the numbers. They drop it. And and I tell you what, too, Philip. Moving forward, with reference to Florida State, you better have two good quarterbacks on your roster, because I I, I think it's a shame what happened to Florida State just because their star quarterback got hurt. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> that shows right there. If you're next year, if you're sitting at number thirteen or fourteen. You know, in the rankings going into the last week of the season and your quarterback gets hurt, you're not going to make the playoffs. Probably. So you need to have two good quarterbacks. Yeah, you do. You do. So, hey, we've seen that in NFL this year, too. Uh, all the quarterbacks in the NFL getting hurt, you need two good ones. Uh, that's yeah. why the Indianapolis Colts are looking pretty good with uh, Gardner Minshew. But, uh, yeah, having a backup quarterback, you're going to have to move forward. Florida State's going to be an example of why you need that. Uh, the Citrus Bowl, the last one before we get to the two playoff games, 12 o'clock on ABC on New Year's Day. Hey, you know what Steve Spurrier always said about uh, the Citrus Bowl, right? What's that? You can't spell citrus without UT. Uh, but they, they, that's right, the Tennessee Volunteers, they will be playing our, our 10 and 3. Uh, they, I guess you say they were runner ups in the Big Ten at uh, Tennessee 8 and 4. Joe Milton, quarterback, will be out. He opted out. So did running backs Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. Uh, they will be starting a freshman quarterback for his first ever game. Now, I apologize. I am not going to pronounce the kid's uh, last name. Uh, Nico is starting at quarterback. Six foot six, two hundred six pound quarterback. He was the number four ranked pocket passer when he signed. So obviously, there's a lot of promise with him. So hey, your first ever start going up against Iowa, who we talked off air. Pretty good defense. Offense, not so much. Yeah, their offense is horrible, but their defense is pretty good. And I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes here to pull the upset, just because the the, the question marks Tennessee has an offense and. And I know for a fact, you know, if I, is that his first start as, as a Tennessee ball? Very Going up first against that defense, good yeah. luck, buddy, because that defense yeah. is for real. You know, I'm going to pick Tennessee. I was I, having a hard time, but I said, you know what? I just thought about we've picked the right, the same yeah. one, which one. I'll just go with Tennessee, but it's going to be tough without those running backs. Now, uh, Dylan Sampson, the other running back, he will be playing in the game, so – the one of the three-headed monster will be there for him. But uh, Tennessee wasn't as good as re at receiver as they were last year, and we'll see. Defensively, they were better, though. So uh, probably not going to see a lot of points in this one, to be honest. What is your prediction you. on the score, Philip? Tennessee wins this one 16-13. Uh, to 13. All right, I'm going to go 13-9. to nine. So either way, we're, we're really giving Iowa a lot of credit offensively uh, going into this game. That that, that is a, uh, a high scoring affair if they can score thirteen or nine points in a game. So uh, we'll see. Watch, but their defense scores the points. That, I, that's I, what, I, yeah, I was just about to say that pick six or something. Yes, yeah, something crazy like that. All right, let's get these playoff games. This is this is what people want to hear. Oh. Uh, the Rose Bowl, we'll kick things off Alabama. Rose Bowl, 4 o'clock ESPN. Alabama will be playing Michigan. Michigan is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. 
and the over-under is 44 and a half. I tell you what, Matt, when you look at this, I just think this was a bad pick for, for Michigan just because I look at this now, one, they've never played a quarterback in the Big Ten like Jalen Milrow. Not, there, there's no one like him they they face. And I don't care. You can simulate it in practice all you want to. You're not ready for it until you see it live in, a, in action. And another thing, I don't think Michigan's got receivers that can really push the for Michigan, I think, to be successful, they're not going to be able to turn around and hand it to Blake Corum all day. They're going to have to throw the ball down the field. J.J. McCarthy is going to have to make some throws. I'm just not sure they've got the receivers to stretch out the Alabama defense. So I just it feel like a bad matchup for Michigan. I agree with you. And they also lost a potential first-round pick in Zach Zenter, their All-American right guard. He's out for the year. I mean, devastating injury. That was hard, tough to watch, but – that's a huge loss, man. He's their best lineman. And the, on, in the interior up against Alabama and the, the size that they have up front, uh, I think I think it's going to be tough sledding running on Alabama the whole game. I think Michigan, they'll pop some, but I don't, I don't see them doing it consistently unless they take an approach kind of like Auburn did uh, and attack the perimeter. I think that's where you got to attack Alabama running the ball. I mean, and uh, – but Roman Wilson is their best wide out. I, I think they've only had like one TD pass in their last four games, though. I mean, so they're not really getting the ball down the field. And if you can't do that against Alabama, you're going to have some problems. And uh, so I just uh, – I think they might do, do something with Blake uh, – Alex Wargy as a runner maybe a little bit. Michigan might. But – and look, Michigan's got a really good defense. I'll give them that. Their linebackers are probably the strength of their defense. Uh, Junior Colson's a great player. Michael Barrett's a really good player. Jalen Harrell's linebacker. He has seven and a half sacks. So, and Mike Sanders still, he's not a very big defensive back, but he's he's tough and he and he causes turnovers. He's got four picks, two for TDs. So that's probably somebody Alabama's got to stay away from throwing to, but. I just – it's like you said with Milrow, man. I mean, it's kind of like Lamar Jackson up in the NFL. I mean, if you're like an NFC team and don't play him once or twice a year, and he comes in there and it's just like, whoa, man, this is a whole different animal. Uh, and I like the way Milrow's playing, man. Him and Isaiah Bond have really seemed like they formed a good connection in the passing game. And there's one guy, number 45, Robbie Oots, they're tight end. Nobody ever talks about him, but that dude is a good blocker. And he means a lot to that offense. He made a couple of short yardage plays in that SEC championship game. He His blocking was the difference between getting the, a first down. And I like players like that because they don't need the glory. They don't need the the, 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 the people writing about them, but they do they do their job. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's an unsung hero on that, on that offense. And, of course, Caleb Downs, punt returner, averaging over 21 yards uh, – for a return, he could pop one here in this game, I think. Yeah, I think you talk about Michigan on perimeter. Maybe the best chance is using J.J. McCarthy more in the run game uh, because you look at what Peyton Thorne did and some other quarterbacks giving Alabama trouble, like you said, on the outside. But Because, again, I'm going to go back to another point. Georgia only rushed for 78 yards. And how many times in the SEC championship game did Georgia have it like third and short, fourth and one? And they couldn't get the yard. And you didn't see that with Georgia all year. So, the, that Alabama front, Dallas Turner and that group, 
It's going to be tough. I, I like Alabama in this one. I think it – I actually don't see a, a whole lot of points being scored here. I think you're, you're probably looking like at a 21-14, 21-17 kind of game. I just think Alabama's – they're going to wear on Michigan. And it's just – it's going to be tough. And Jason McClellan should be back in this game too. Yeah, I, look, I, I told you earlier in the year that I like Jam Miller, that, that that running back. He's he's a good player, and they they've hit him on the wheel route a couple of times and, and got big plays. So I look for that. And I tell you, man, Deontay Lawson, at linebacker, he's been playing terrific, and he, he played a heck of a game against Georgia. So he's he's kind of a guy that's really coming on too. But I, man, I just think. It's out in the Rose Bowl. I think some points are going to be scored. I like Alabama big here. I like Alabama 35-17, something like that. Okay. It is going to look beautiful on TV at that stadium. Those two uniforms, Michigan and Alabama. I got some trivia before we jump into Texas and Washington for you, Matt. Who was the last Michigan quarterback to beat Alabama? They played a few times in some bowl games. Who was you going to say? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. I've asked that to a few people since this matchup has been announced. You're the first one to get it. You're the first one to get it. Uh, the 2000 Orange Bowl uh, when they yep. beat. Yep. So I remember watching that game. I was with a bunch of people. And I remember watching that game. I think, if I can recall correctly, Alabama missed a field goal at the end of the game and they lost, right? Extra Is that what point. An extra, extra point. point. Yeah, that's what it was. The same yeah, way Brady they beat them up. Florida. The same way they beat Florida that year in the swamp. Uh, which they played Florida twice. They blew them out in the championship game, but when they went into the swamp and won overtime, Florida missed the extra point and lost the game. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, you remember that was back when you didn't go in the swamp and win. I mean. No. Was Spurrier there? No, you did not dare go in there. I remember oh, um, uh, Terry uh, Terry Bowden did it. Yeah, he did that it. Was and, when, that was when they were really good, too. Yeah. I think it was what ninety four, and then so it was like five years until they actually got beat in the swamp again. Uh, that was about the only way he could beat uh, Bobby Bowden too. Was uh, it when the, the Seminoles went into the swamp? Because I don't think he ever beat Bobby Bowden at uh in Tallahassee. But anyways, um, the Sugar Bowl, Texas future SEC team uh, versus Washington. This will be uh, on at seven forty five on ESPN on Monday night. Texas, they're a four-point favorite here. The over-under is 63-and-a-half. I know everybody, when they look at Texas, you want to talk about Quinn Ewers and what the offense can do. This Texas defense is really, really good. I think it's a very underrated part of this team, and I I think they're going to give Penix trouble. Now, they've got some good receivers on the outside. Does Washington. We've talked about them a couple times this year, but that Texas defense versus the Washington offense is going to be the matchup for me. Yeah, and, and look, man, Texas's defensive line is, is for real. And I know it's always cliche, but it all starts in the trenches, man. And that's mm-hmm. and that, I just think I don't I don't know if Wisconsin's offensive line is going to be able to hold those guys off Penix. Uh, and I do think if you can get Texas, though, it's in the secondary. Yeah. And with Washington's wideouts, you know, I mean, that, those guys are those guys are for real. I mean, so I think this game, I had a hard time thinking who's going to win. I mean, I think Dylan Johnson's a terrific running back. I mean, they got Roma Dunze and Polk there at wideout. I mean, 
I think this game's going to come down to turnovers. I really do, because I, 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 I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think it's going to come down to turnovers, but I, I, I give the edge to Texas just because of their defensive line. And you know what? Texas, too, another thing, their run game is pretty solid. Now, obviously, they lost late in the year. Jonathan Brooks had over 1,000 yards, but C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson, all the, the running backs, they've kind of gone with a running back by committee since he went down with injury. They've done really well, too, so that keeps a lot of pressure off of Quinn Ewers if they have that run game attached to what he's able to do down the field with the passing game. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, former Georgia player, I mean, they, they've got – the speed and being inside in the dome helps them out. It helps both teams. I think this is probably going to be a the more entertaining game of the two playoff games. I just feel like Alabama Michigan is going to be a physical, violent football game, just the way those two teams want to play. This one's going to be kind of more of your if Texas, like you said, Texas secondary, if you can get to them, it's going to be an up and down game. Yeah, and you mentioned Jaden Blue. That guy is fast as lightning, and it would not surprise me one bit if he has a big game here. Uh, I, I will say this. Washington's linebackers are really tough. Those guys mm-hmm. fly around and hit. Uh, I don't know. Just something's telling me, man, Texas is going to win here. And, and I think you're looking at the Big 12 having success in these bowl games. And so they might have been a bit, little bit better league than, than we – first thought so uh i just i just i I like texas i think that i think they're gonna win the game i think it's gonna be a high score game like 34 31 something like that got it too well 34 30 yeah i'm gonna go with texas too i'll go 38 31 texas go a little bit higher scoring than you so uh obviously what i'll get to it next week uh got some people lined up for the show next week but uh this will be uh our last time for football season talking matt You've got Alabama-Texas playing for the national title. Who do you think is going to be the national champion? Alabama. All right. And if everybody in Tallahassee will be throwing fit. I think for once the Auburn fans won't be the most upset fan base. Alabama won a national championship. I've got one more prediction to ask of you, and I did not prep you for this. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Baltimore Ravens. I like it. I like it. I was I was leaning 49ers, but after Monday night, the way that the team looks. <laughs> let, let me ask you something. How would you like to be in that referee that tripped Lamar Jackson to force that uh, intentional grounding? Uh, and the face he made, he just he had that face, Matt, that said, I just embarrassed myself on national television. And I, I'll say this. They shouldn't. I don't know what you do in that situation if you're an official, but they need to have something wrote in. Okay, that was the official's fault. He got tripped for the intentional grounding. I don't know. There's got to be something you can do about that. That was about the only guy that could stop him. Yeah. Ref, I mean, what a he, man. He's an amazing player, dude. And I, and, and I, I was kind of questioning why Atlanta didn't make a run at him last year when he was a free agent. Uh, but – He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. And I, I'll, I'll say this, too, about Lamar. I, I was a little hesitant when he first went to the NFL about him being able to succeed because of his passing. But uh, he's doing a terrific job. And and what's the coordinator that came from Georgia, their OC? What's his name? Oh, uh, uh, Monken. He's dialing it up just like he was at Georgia. And, I, and there's a difference between Todd Monken and Mike Bobo calling plays. And, oh, yeah. So that's you know that's a there's a big difference there, but 
The Ravens, man, they always draft well. They hardly, hardly ever have busts as players. They're just a well-constructed team. And I, I had fantasy guys playing. I had McCaffrey and Ayuk. And so, I mean, I don't know. It was uh, – it was it was an impressive win though. The Niners are, are, are for real, and they got whipped. Yeah, they did. Um, I think a lot of people are just were ready to jump on Brock Purdy because I I never really bought into him being the MVP of the league just because all the talent that's around him on a 49er team. Sure, he, he's a good. He's like a point guard. He distributes the ball to the superstars. That's what he does. Two of those interceptions weren't exactly his fault. They were just kind of like freak plays, tips, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team. I believe the NFC is going to be the Eagles and the 49ers regardless. Those are the only two teams I really feel like in the NFC that can get into the Super Bowl. I do think the Rams are, are, are dangerous right now, the way they're playing. Yeah. Now, on the other side, who knows? The Chiefs are playing are down. I don't – that team yeah. – is not right. Maybe it's the Taylor Swift effect on that team. I don't know. The AFC South's a mess. I mean, Jacksonville's lost four in a row. Uh, the the North is, you know, the Ravens and look, Joe Flacco. Uh, man, maybe the Miami Dolphins make a run at it and get to the conference championship. And then the Buffalo Bills, if they get in the playoffs, look out. I, I agree with you on that one. I think the Bills are dangerous. And like you said, with the Rams, they're, they're a team that somebody might not be thinking a whole lot about, but Cooper Cup's going good now. Uh, Nakua, the, the the rookie, their lines blocking. Stafford out there, the the the, the second year kid running back. They're playing really well, man. I mean, they they're going to be dangerous. It's yeah, like hey, it's, it's like baseball, man. It's who gets hot at the right time. But Baltimore just looks like the most complete team to me, and they got the best kicker in the league. They got arguably the best defense. They got the most dynamic player. And they got weapons everywhere, man. And they got the coach. John Harbaugh does yes. not get a lot of credit. Uh, he is the sane Harbaugh brother. Uh, he is not as out. We don't hear about him like Jim uh, there at Michigan. John, John, I think John gets forgotten about sometimes. I really do believe that. Yeah, and I do. I do think Monkins made a huge impact on their offense, calling plays. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. We got two weeks left of that, and uh, then uh, we'll be into the NFL playoffs. But uh, Matt, it's been fun, been fun all football season doing this with you again. Uh, can't believe it; it's ending here. Uh, uh, we'll be before we know it, we'll have football season again next year. But uh, tell people uh, what you're doing over at Field Level Media. Yeah, I've been doing some basketball stuff. Of course, I do the Falcons on Arthur Smith uh, recap of his press conference and their previews, and uh, probably going to be doing some. More basketball coming up because college basketball is about to get hot and heavy. So go check out the previews and recaps for, for any sport at fieldlevelmedia.com. All right, everybody. Go check out Field Level Media. And, uh, Matt, once again, I appreciate the time. appreciate you coming on during football season. And I uh, look forward to uh, when we get to chat again sometime down the road. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon, bud. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m. and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America 
at night and Coast to Coast AM keep you company and connected throughout the night. Plus, Fox News, the Alabama Radio Network, and Wiregrass Daily News keep you informed with national, international, state, and local news. And with more musical choices like all the hits, 106.7 KMX, Today's Country, 95.5 WTVY, and Music 107.7 Digio Strategies gives you more choices and more variety. Listen on air, online, and on our apps. 96.9 The Legend is just the beginning. All right, that was a really fun conversation with Matt Lowe from Field of Media. We're going to try to do a couple off-season episodes, and then, of course, next season, hope to have Matt back on the show on a weekly basis when we get back in the football season. Uh, as we get out of here, we want to go over some NFL games for this weekend, just kind of my quick thoughts and predictions as we close out today's episode of the Phil Jordan Show. The Cleveland Browns clinched a playoff spot on Thursday night against the New York Jets, winning 37-20. Another big game from Joe Flacco, over 300 yards. On Saturday night, there's no Monday night football because obviously the college football playoffs, New Year's Day and all that. But Saturday night, Monday night football, the Lions at the Cowboys, 11-4 versus 10-5. The Cowboys are at home here. The Lions do kind of struggle in their pass defense, and Dallas is back at home. And I think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb will have a big game in that one. I like the Cowboys to win that one. Big game Sunday at 12. The Dolphins will be at the Ravens. This game here is for the best record in the AFC, which means home field advantage, and you get that first round bye. I like the Ravens. I just think the Dolphins in these bigger games do tend to struggle against the better teams. Yes, I know the Ravens are on a short week, and they played an emotional game and a big game against a really good 49ers team, but I like the Ravens. and Lamar Jackson right now should be the MVP winner. The Falcons and the Bears, and you heard Matt talking about there, I think Atlanta's going to win this one. They get to 8-8, eight and eight, and then the Bears will drop to 6-10. and 10. Raiders and the Colts. Give me the Raiders in this one. The, the Colts are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I just like the way the Raiders are playing right now. With, into, with Pete, Coach Pierce there, I think they'll get to eight-and-eight. Eight. Looking on down the schedule, the Saints and the Buccaneers. The Saints dropped one last week to the Rams, but they have a few extra days off because they're on Thursday. The Buccaneers with a convincing victory over the Jaguars, 30-12. to 12. Give me the Buccaneers on this one. They have won four in a row. They're going to make it five straight. Really like the combination right now between Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, and I just do not trust the Saint teams. I do not trust Derek Carr in this one. The Steelers and the Seahawks, both teams are eight and seven. The Steelers with an impressive victory last Saturday against the Bengals to get the win behind Mason Rudolph. They're playing the Seahawks here. Seahawks are just finding ways to win any games, regardless of the quarterback is. Drew Locke or Geno Smith, give me the Seahawks to win this one. The Bengals are playing the Chiefs. If Joe Burrow was playing this one, I might lean Cincinnati. I think the Chiefs will get it done on Sunday and bounce back after a pretty bad loss there to the Raiders. And can Patrick Mahomes and company find their mojo as we are going into the postseason. And then Sunday Night Football, two seven eight teams, the Packers and the Vikings, both trying to get into the postseason. They do need some help between the Rams or the Seahawks to lose some games. But the loser of this game is out. The Packers come in. They beat Carolina last week, 33-30. to The Packers' defense has struggled. I do not know why. 
Matt LaFleur has not fired defense coordinator Joe Barry. That is what is holding this team back right now. Because you got to give it Jordan Love. He's going to throw 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards without a 1,000-yard wide receiver. Just not a lot of consistency there with his receivers, mainly because of injuries and not having Aaron Jones all year. The Vikings will be playing Jaron Hall at quarterback. I just do not think the Vikings are going to be good enough here. Yes, they're going to Minnesota, but I like the Packers to win this one. To stay, go to 8-8 eight and eight and stay in the playoff hunt. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the Phil Jordan Show. I am going to bring you a new episode on Monday. I'm going to recap the weekend, a lot of SEC bowls to go through. So we've got a lot to talk about come on Monday, New Year's Day. So you'll have a brand new episode coming on Monday. We're not going to do a best of like we did this past Monday. I'll be coming at you solo, confirmed for the show next week. Managing editor at Last World of College Football, my guy. Tony Saracusa, he will be joining us. We will be recapping the college football playoff games with Tony. And then I'm sure we'll have a good guest to uh, toward the end of next week, maybe more than one. going to work on some things on Friday throughout the day on getting some good guests for next week here on the show. Remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. The podcast is available over on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're all over there, please follow rate and review leave a review i will read it on a future edition of the show and if you leave just four stars you are just a straight up hater you can also check out the show over at wiregrassdailynews.com please give that a look as well you can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com and check out all my written work or last word on college football happy new year to everybody have a fun safe new year's eve and we'll talk to you in 2024 until next time bye-bye